0: Chapter 31 of the Orange Fairy Book. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Orange Fairy Tale Book by Andrew Lang. Andres Bave. From Laplandish Marchen. J. C. Postian once upon a time there lived in lapland a man who was very strong and swift of foot that nobody in his native town of vadso could come near him if they were running races in the summer evenings the people of vadso were very proud of their champion and thought that there was no one like him in the world till by and by it came to their ears that there dwelt among the mountains a lap andres bave by name who was said by his friends to be even stronger and swifter than the bailiff. Of course, not a creature in Vodso believed that, and declared that if it made the mountaineers happier to talk such nonsense, why let them. The winter was long and cold, and the thoughts of the villagers were much busier with wolves than with Andras' babe, when suddenly, on a frosty day, he made his appearance in the little town of Vodso. The bailiff was delighted at this chance of trying his strength, and at once went out to seek Andras and to coax him into giving proof of his vigor. As he walked along, his eyes fell upon a big eight oared boat that lay upon the shore, and his face shone with pleasure. That is the very thing, laughed he. I will make him jump over that boat. Andrus was quite ready to accept the challenge and they soon settled the terms of the wager. He who could jump over the boat without so much as touching it with his heel was to be the winner, and would get a large sum of money as the prize. So, followed by many villagers, the two men walked down to the sea. An old fisherman was chosen to stand near the boat to watch fair play and to hold the stakes. And Andras, as the stranger was told to jump first, Going back to the flag, which had been stuck into the sand to mark the starting place, he ran forward with his head well thrown back and cleared the boat with a mighty bound. The onlookers cheered him, and indeed he well deserved it. But they waited anxiously all the same to see what the bailiff would do. On he came, taller than andras by several inches and heavier of built. He too sprang high and well but as he came down his heel just grazed the edge of the boat dead silence reigned amidst the town folk but andras only laughed and said carelessly just a little too short bailiff next time you must do better than that the bailiff turned red with anger at his rival's scornful words and answered quickly next time you will have something harder to do and turning his back on his friends he went sulkily home. Andrus, putting the money he had earned in his pocket, went home also. The following spring Andrus happened to be driving his reindeer along a great fjord, to the west of Vadso. A boy who had met him hastened to tell the bailiff that his enemy was only a few miles off, and the bailiff, disguising himself as a stalo, or ogre, called his son and his dog and rode away across the fjord. To the place where the boy had met Andras, now the mountaineer was lazily walking along the sands, thinking of the new hut that he was building with the money that he had won on the day of his lucky jump. He wandered on his eyes fixed on the sands, so he did not see the bailiff drive his boat behind a rock while he changed himself into a heap of wreckage which floated in on the waves. A stumble over a stone recalled Andras to himself. "'and looking up, he beheld a mass of wreckage. "'Dear me! I may find some use for that,' he said, "'and hastened down to the sea, "'waiting until he could lay hold of some stray rope "'which might float towards him. "'Suddenly, he could not have told why, "'a nameless fear seized upon him, "'and he fled away from the shore, as if for his life. "'As he ran, he heard the sound of a pipe, such as only ogres of the stalo kind were wont to use and there flashed into his mind what the bailiff had said when they jumped the boat next time you will have something harder to do so it was no wreckage after all that he had seen but the bailiff himself it happened that in the long summer nights up in the mountain where the sun never set and it was very difficult to sleep andrus had spent many hours in the study of magic and this stood him in good stead now the instant he heard the stalo music he wished himself to become the feet of a reindeer and in this guise he galloped like the wind for several miles he stopped to take breath and find out what his enemy was doing nothing he could see but to his ears the notes of a pipe floated over the plain and ever as he listened it drew nearer a cold shiver shook andrus and this time he wished himself the feet of a reindeer calf for when a reindeer calf has reached the age at which he begins first to lose his hair he is so swift that neither beast nor bird can come near him a reindeer calf is the swiftest of all things living yes but not so swift as a stalo as andrus found out when he stopped to rest and heard the pipes playing. For a moment his heart sank, and he gave himself up for dead, till he remembered that not far off were two little lakes joined together by a short, though very broad, river. In the middle of the river lay a stone that was always covered by water, except in dry seasons, and as the water-rains had been very heavy, he felt quite sure that not even the top of it could be seen. The next minute, if any one had been looking that way, he would have beheld the small reindeer calf speeding northwards, and by and by giving a little spring, which landed him in the midst of the stream. But instead of sinking to the bottom, he paused a second to steady himself, then gave a second spring which landed him on the further shore. He next ran up to a little hill, where he saw down, and began to neigh loudly so the stallo might know exactly where he was ah there you are cried the stallo appearing in the opposite bank for a moment i really thought i had lost you no such luck answered andres shaking his head sorrowfully by this time he had taken his own shape again well but i don't see how i am to get to you said the stallo looking up and down "'Jump over as I did,' answered Andras. "'It's quite easy.' "'But I could not jump this river, and I don't know how you did,' replied the Stallo. "'I should be ashamed to say such things,' exclaimed Andras. "'Do you mean to tell me that a jump which the weakest lap boy could make nothing of is beyond your strength?' The Stallo grew red and angry when he heard these words just as andras meant him to do he bounded into the air and fell straight into the river not that it would have mattered for he was a good swimmer but andras drew out the bow and arrows which every lap carries and took aim at him his aim was good but the stalo sprang so high into the air that the arrow flew between his feet a second shot directed at his forehead fared no better for this time the stallo jumped so high to the other side that the arrow passed between his fingers and thumb. Then Andrus aimed his third arrow a little over the stallo's head, and when he sprang, just an instant too soon, he hit him between the ribs. Mortally wounded as he was, the stallo was not yet dead, and managed to swim to the shore. Stretching himself on the sand, he said slowly to Andrus, promise that you will give me an honorable burial and when my body is laid in the grave go in my boat across the fjord and take whatever you find in my house which belongs to me my dog you must kill but spare my son andras then he died and andras sailed in his boat away across the fjord and found the dog and the boy the dog, a fierce, wicked-looking creature, he slew with one blow from his fist, for it is well known that if a Stalo's dog licks the blood that flows from his dead master's wounds, the Stalo comes to life again. That is why no real Stalo is ever seen without his dog. But the bailiff, being only half a Stalo, had forgotten him when he went to the little lakes in search of Andrus next andras put all the gold and jewels which he found in the boat into his pockets and bidding the boy get in pushed it off from the shore leaving the little craft to drift as it would while he himself ran home with the treasure he possessed he was able to buy a great herd of reindeer and he soon married a rich wife whose parents would not have him as a son-in-law when he was poor and the two lived Happy Forever After. End of Andrus Bave. Recording by Alan Davis Drake.